0: four three two one all right this okay so here we are this is episode 14 and i'm confident this is going to be like a mosby learning podcast you my friends out there have not yet heard before (laughs) if you're looking for the show notes to uh to maybe dig into a little bit deeper what we talk about tonight mosby.ca slash zero one four and uh, and me well I'm Dan Hurt and I'm calling in from Mississauga, Ontario.
1: Cindy Gibbs from uh, Texas.
0: Yeah, you are. Now you're from Texas. This changes every <laughs> single week.
1: I know I'm like stealth like that.
0: <laughs> you're incognito. <laughs> All right, well hey, this is this is like the glory days of it you is. heard yeah. You've heard, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard Gibbs talk about it. We would run a two-headed monster for, uh, for some pretty solid facilitation sessions with our sales force, or, well, your sales force, <laughs> uh, my, my former sales force, my ex salesforce if you will. But um, this I'm looking forward to. It's, it's been actually a long time since you and I have just had a chance to kind of uh, shoot the breeze around l d as it were.
1: I know. I'm like, oh, I get my own Dan time. Look at that's this.
0: That's right. That's right. This is well. This is really everybody's Dan time. So you will have to share with uh, <laughs> with the Mosby Army. But that's all right. Uh, okay. So today we are well. You you'll note that there's at least one person that you're used to hearing that's not here. And uh, hey, we're flexible, guys. If there's nothing that you've taken away except for this, we are a flexible operation here. Uh this is uh, yeah, episode 14. It's it's kind of exciting to kind of go through these uh to go through these pieces and kind of eat, adding new pieces each week, maybe taking some different pieces out, you know, just kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work. And that's that's a constant effort. I I hope that that's a constant effort with your own material that you guys create out there. Uh but Gibbs, you've been off for a couple weeks now. So, um the what has been your favorite podcast, your Mosby Learning podcast that you've listened to so far?
1: Um, you know I always Uh,
0: like I'm assuming you've kept up with the show, (laughs) yes? sure <laughs> <laughs> so you're not I, one of our eight listeners okay i get it no i get it that, that's fair that's fair i
1: hear about it always the next day with adam though so
0: i suppose that's it eh i so i uh i work my, my partner at work um she because uh, i do a lot of the stuff that i create i do the, uh-huh. the voiceover for it and yeah. and she's the developer she's my developer and she uh I say my, I, I have no reporting sort of situation with her, but she's, she develops my stuff that I create. And, uh, and so she, some days she listens to me all day long uh-huh. and either I'm shooting the breeze with her or, or, you know, she's like listening to the same line while she's timing out engagements and interactions. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, Hey, did you, uh, you, uh, any interest in the podcast? She's like, Dan, I listen to you for oh. eight hours a day. <laughs> and I'm you're not like, going home. And you're like, and what's one more
1: hour a week with me? Come on. Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> like, would it kill you? Come on. How about a little love? How about a little love? Well, if you want to uh, give us a little love on social media, we do have Mosby Learning on Twitter, which is just at Mosby Learning. If you've got a question you want to send us, or you know what? We're going to, we're going to touch on a smile sheet a little bit later on in the program here. And if you, so, you know, there's going to be a kind of a call to action. If you want to send us in a smile sheet of your own, you can at uh, Mosby Learning. Pitch people gmail. to work. Com. We want people to, well, I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, I don't <laughs> want them to work. I just want them to enjoy the program, maybe contribute to the program. And um, I think last time I we, we uh, well, the last time there was a Mosby Learning, I had uh, confessed that I'm on Instagram. And this time I have a new confession. I'm on uh, Twitter as well. So Instagram, Dan Talks Training.
1: Oh wow! When did you get on on Twitter? Cause
0: uh, yeah, Twitter was I don't know Saturday. Uh, it was recently. That's so, for like, sure. Right
1: after I was like trying to figure it all out.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was I, I was I was live tweeting my uh, my login to Twitter there. So it's Dan Talks N D. I don't know if those Look handles are going to stick. Yeah, we're going to give it a shot though. Uh, can you imagine Dan Talks D was not taken on Twitter? I mean, so is a, it like obviously the, a big handle? The
1: um was it the symbol for and or the letter
0: n No, it's the letter n. L N D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that, ladies and gentlemen. We're uh we're going to walk through uh, as you've come to expect a handful of articles, maybe get into a bit of fun stuff and oh man, so Adam he put this <laughs> He made a suggestion for can training fix it. I cannot wait to go through it with you and <laughs> not him because it's a treat. It is a uh, <laughs> he's gonna feel oh. so bad that he missed this. Thing. Yeah, and we
1: actually <laughs> talked a little bit about this. Oh, did he? Okay, for a so quick you've been second, prepped. I think. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> it is. It's three kinds of ridiculous, and yeah. it is my friends ripped from the headlines. So we'll talk to that, and then the kind of the big thing that we're gonna touch on is facilitation and and kind of maybe some experiences with it, some some ideas around it where maybe. Maybe where we're coming from, how we feel about all that sort of stuff.
1: And you know what? Now that I look at one of the articles that Mm -hmm. we have on there, it kind Mm -hmm. of matches the can you fix it a little bit.
0: Which, well, now I'm curious
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Now that I think about it cause I, was, uh, in, I actually s- sent you the text earlier Of what my favorite part on that article was
0: Oh, okay Well, I'll let you take uh, uh-huh. take the lead on that then <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You done messed up, Aaron. Okay So uh, you know, it's so often that we 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 try to have a really, really smooth session that goes well uh, and and occasionally, uh, occasionally we might get a note from our Portland's correction Office, letting us know that things did not go well. Okay, on occasion <laughs> it happens. Now, as it happens, in the last episode, we had a good friend of, uh, of mine and uh, Eli Barant. He was on and somehow he steadied the ship so much that we did not get a note from Portland. Oh, and that's wow. okay. Totally only yeah, when I'm on. <laughs> it's paramount. Uh, no, but you know what though? There was, I have to say, man, I listened back to the last one. And as I said off the top, every single one of these are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I listened back to the last one, and oh my God, the audio at the end, it, it was just, my mixing was not on point there, friends. So, let me tell you, I'm going to put some new uh, some new pieces in place that are going to so tighten can't, that up so a little So, what you're bit.
1: saying is you may be a radio talk show host, but you'll never be a DJ.
0: Well, <laughs> funny thing you mentioned. <laughs> so We're coming into the Christmas season here. Oh, no. And, uh... Well, that that's a funny thing. As a kid, and this actually, this, this does have direct relation to part of my L&D life. Okay. Uh, as a kid, it was my job, because I was the youngest one. There were two things at Christmas that I was basically responsible for. One was the elf who had to sprint back and forth to the tree to get gifts for whomever.
1: Oh, yeah. That's always a fun one.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed that job, right? And then the other job that I had at every single holiday event, I mean, even if it was the weekend, it was I had to control basically the volume of the music. Oh, really? And it wasn't wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm going to control the volume of the music. No, it was more of a Danny. The music's too loud, turn it down. Perhaps, Danny, can you turn it up? Uh, so it was it was like constantly back and forth to the uh So it was the, being to the
1: told what to do. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, okay. yeah, It was it was the not fun one. But but okay, here's the L and D tie-in, friends. I have I have a hypersensitivity to the appropriate levels of music and and maybe even the appropriate stylings of music for a room so i i have gotten a lot of compliments on the music that i'll play during lunch or during breaks when i'm doing ilt stuff instructor-led trainings and um I oh, know, yeah.
1: seems... well you you played like good music Yeah,
0: I like to think so, you know,
1: Um, (laughs) two weeks away. It's still all about dad
0: and how great he is. (laughs) Hey, man, you tell me about your childhood Christmas and we'll make it about you. All right. Um, but one of the uh, if you folks are out there and you're like, what kind of music should I play? You know, you can obviously pull the audience, and, and they're always going to help you out, right? Mm-hmm. But I have gotten so much good feedback on, um, gosh, there's a like a New Orleans brass band. I yeah, I used remember to the name play of that. Them right now. I remember
1: when we were in traveling to Michigan, we used
0: to play yeah. that a lot in yeah, the yeah. class. Yeah. And it, it's, you know what, here's the thing, it's upbeat music, it's enjoyable, it's fun, I think I only had to skip one song because it was a little excessively suggestive, but um, <laughs> aside from that, it was it was great music, and I'll tell you what, it was at the exact right volume all the time. So So that's, you say. Uh, that's, I say it, I'll say it again. <laughs> What is war good for? Okay, so that's that's it though. So we didn't really have much in the way of corrections last week. Just a uh, a solemn vow for me that I'm going to try not to blow out your eardrums.
1: Like you know how uh, uh, there's work factories or plants that have zero days without someone getting injured. You could have, we could have like a little sign that says <laughs> four podcasts with no Portland corrections.
0: <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> I love the update. Yeah. We're going to make that part of the, uh, I, I should make a note of that. I'll, I'll make a note of it. <laughs> That's a good idea. Though.
1: And we'll like try to beat our last number.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so right now we're at one. Yes. And what? that's kind of a that's that's already a personal best. It's
1: a record, yes. Because
0: ever since we started getting every well, ever since they started listening on a weekly basis, we just keep getting notes. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's move into a couple of headlines here. And you know what? Here's okay. This isn't so much a headline per se, but it is something that I wanted to touch just touch on briefly because a uh, big part of my childhood, and I bet a lot of people out there as well, there was a fellow by the name of Carol Spinney who uh, who passed away this past week. And if the name's not familiar to you, um, you'd be in good. Company, and, and I didn't know the name off the top until I saw the article that was about the death of basically Big Bird. Oh, so really? The, That's the uh, first yeah,
1: time you've seen, you've knew his real name?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so he, he, yeah, he was not only the, uh, the reason is, is I was gonna, I was looking at pictures of Oscar the Grouch because I was gonna send somebody a clever uh, captioned email. And then I looked up Oscar the Grouch and the news article came up because he was both the uh, Mm -hmm. he was the puppeteer for both Big Bird and Oscar. And it was just like such a ah, it was such a downer of a note. And I don't mean to start this on a down note, friends, but I'll tell you what, man, that was um, uh, the Muppets in general were a pretty big deal. So let me ask you this.
1: Did you grow up with Sesame Street or did you grow up with the Muppets? Because I grew up with the Muppets. Sesame Street was still on. Right. And obviously yeah. that was the start of it all. But I was more of a, the Muppet show fan.
0: Yeah, I was, I was definitely, um, well, so I, if I had to go between those two, I would say the, uh, Sesame street over the Muppet show only because the Muppet show, I think was a bit before my time. Uh, <laughs> hey cause <now>. you are <laughs> two or three decades older than I, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's, I, looked, I might be exaggerating But
1: I look two or three decades younger than you
0: <laughs> Yeah, you held it together somehow I don't know how but. Um, <laughs> um, so, and it's
1: funny because Well, you know, and it's kind of funny Because it was almost like When I was a kid It was, you kind of chose, right um, Because what came on right after Sesame Street When I watched TV Was The Electric Company and Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, and yep. um, and I watched those during the day, and then at night it was the Muppet Show, um, okay. kind of thing. So it, you know, I wasn't as into Sesame Street. And the funny thing, you know, my my kid wasn't into Sesame Street either. It was the Elmo DVDs.
0: Oh, oh, that's not. I don't know if that's the best part of Sesame Street, to be honest.
1: Well, it, this was before the trauma, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about but um, yeah
1: so you know before all the craziness came out about the puppeteer who plays elbow yeah. um and so Kevin yeah like, he yeah. was addicted to him to huh Elmo. yeah
0: well i'm sure the feeling would have been mutual um <laughs> So the uh, so Muppets Tonight. So the Muppet Show did have kind of a resurgence in the '90s, and uh, I was very excited. I think I was one of the three people that was very excited about that. But I mean, all Jim Henson properties were incredible. So the uh, the show Dinosaurs when yeah, I was a kid that was big. But and the that was best on. one
1: is Muppet Christmas Carol.
0: Yep. I, I made my four-year-old watch that two weeks ago. We watch it every year. Uh, he sat through. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. All right. So this is This Week in Muppets. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to, just a quick note on that one. I, I don't know, but just because it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to have talk about influences in design and L&D and that sort of stuff tonight. Maybe we'll talk about that another day. But that definitely, there's a few things, I think, from my childhood that have strongly influenced my uh, my training voice and um, and even the one that I just used to talk normally, so maybe we'll talk about that another day. All right, and couple you have articles. a Kermit
1: voice, too.
0: Kermit? Mm, yes, I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember when, when you and I first start working together within that first month, uh, the, our colleagues were like, make, make him do the Kermit voice for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: It's alright. It's not my best one. I do a pretty good Krusty the Clown. Um, I, got a, I got a couple in rotation here, that's for sure. No oh, god. <laughs> All right. So, let's uh, let's move on to uh, top 5 workplace alert. This, this is an article. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an article from uh techrepublic.com top 5 workplace learning trends in 2020 this uh, this just came out this past week this article so again we're we're looking into the future here and the uh, the powers that be at tech republic have decided that uh, they have uh, they have foreseen the future of next year and know what the big 5 trends are going to be oh, uh, in workplace year. learning yeah, 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 okay. well, yeah, yeah, so here's the thing, I started, I see these articles, and it's like, okay, I'll have a look at it, because it's a, it's, they have a number in the list, so it's immediately a, a clickbait article, so I'm mm-hmm. already, you know, it's like one strike, and now I'm just looking for something to piss me off, right? <laughs> So I uh, I jump in here and they just have kind of a general blah 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 trends in the workplace uh, or in the work workplace um uh, in the in the workplace and here's the first one AI goes mainstream. So let me ask you Gibbs uh and I don't you know me I don't want to talk out of turn here or have you tip your corporate cards but um you guys use a lot of AI on on your L&D team there?
1: Artificial intelligence? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. You
0: don't use a lot of it? Oh, shit, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> However, so this is interesting. you
1: know, it's it was kind of funny because um, I went back east uh, last May in a very small town where, you know, none of the buildings are more than two stories, so there's no escalators in any building. Okay. Um,. You know, like in their mall, their mall is one story, but at their wall at their uh, grocery store, not their Walmart, but at their grocery store, they already had those machines going around taking inventory, down the oh, really? aisles. Yeah, and I thought that was so interesting because the biggest thing in this little town is Walmart, right? And yet yeah. they already had it, and so, um, and so you know, I went along, whatever. I just thought it was really interesting in such a small town you know, to have it, and then a couple of weeks ago, I went into my Walmart here, and there it was, and all you, people were just like, like, as they were passing by, or trying to get things, like, they could, they didn't know what to do, they were like, do I walk by it, can I walk in front of it, which way is it gonna move, and then they were like moaning about it, and stuff, so it's kind of interesting. What what town was this? In the town I live in. Oh, shoot, so Texas.
0: That's the USA. town I
1: live in. Actually, the town next to me. Oh,
0: okay. So
1: we have no stores in my town because we don't
0: drink. <laughs> that's the kind of town you should be in. I know. I love um, it. You know, and that's an interesting point that that you bring up. The fact that people didn't know how to interact with it. Like we know how to interact with humans because of social norms. Robots as yet, you know, some of them do have social norms, the ones that mm-hmm. are basically built. I mean, you know, in Japan where they have uh, concierges or or hotel check-in clerks that are basically robots – um, they're programmed to it, but something that's meant to take inventory—unless you know what it's supposed to do—and a human just walking up to it doesn't know. I mean, like, how, how do you know? How do you know? Is there a, was there no, were there no signs on it or signs in the store about the the program? You
1: know, it looked like one of those things from the movie Wall-E. I'll be honest with you, it looks yeah. just like one of those. Um, I don't know if it was There's this one specific machine In that movie Wall-E Where it's kind of triangular uh, But not I don't know how to explain it And it just kind of roamed around You're doing a great
0: job so far You
1: know it almost looked like a bigger version though Obviously like a four foot tall version Or three Mm. and a half tall version Of that little guy who goes around and scrubs the floor Mm. On Wall-E
0: It's been a while since I've seen it
1: Yeah so catch up, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it. I'll put it on the list right um, after Muppets Christmas, yeah. girl. Yeah.
1: So I like this number two, though. It's like the full potential of humans and machines we realized in the next year.
0: I don't know. So yeah. So that's that was the third thing about this article that pissed me off is is the fact that so okay.
1: Wait, what was Here number we are. one and
0: two? Number one was the first point. Okay. <laughs> no, number two was the first point. It goes mainstream, which I'm not sure AI has. Now, I'm not saying AI is not out there in the L&D scene. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, that's a lot of the sizzle sort of stuff, or, or there's a corner of L&D that has that AI piece to it for big, big, big operations, you know, and obviously, big operations have a lot of people that are working there. So, it touches a lot of them, but there's a lot, there's a ton of medium and a ton of small places that don't have Anything to do with AI? So the fact that they're suggesting that it's gone mainstream, well, that's that's a bit of bullshit from my perspective. Well, and
1: I'm like sitting there thinking, is that in certain industries?
0: You probably, know, probably the or, massive and ones. And
1: so, because it's overtaking, you know, factories, is yeah. is that what they're really suggesting, or what? Well, um, and then the sec, the full potential. Why does this one make you unhappy?
0: The full potential because we're so okay. Because it's a ridiculous. I should. It's a it's a completely ridiculous statement for us to say. All right, 2020, the full the ultimate full potential of humans and machines will be realized. That's the dumbest goddamn thing I've heard all day. Well, and
1: look, the first sentence here says the fear or robots. The the fear or yeah, I think it should say the fear of robots stealing human jobs has dissipated. Um, which is
0: could not be further from the friggin' truth. Yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I also think, you know, when you talk about people's full potential of humans and there is this thing that says in their more time, human employees will have to conduct more important work. Mm-hmm. I mean, humans, no, I mean, certain cultures, sorry, don't like to work. i I mean you know i mean i'm not gonna you know you can guess what i'm talking about but you know the full potential of humans it's humans are emotional beings and yeah it it takes a lot of discipline and consistency and structure and a very strong willed human to reach their full potential I mean, and that's, you look at that in certain athletes, but it's not all athletes, right? But certain very high productive athletes or yeah. very productive business people, like, et let's say, let's
0: say The Rock, for example.
1: Well, okay. Can we take The Rock, for example? Okay. The Rock, the if that show The Rock where the guy was a garbage man or... <laughs>
0: I don't know that show. Yeah, it's, it was a show <laughs> or The Rock um I meant I meant Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson. Uh-huh. So obviously to become something like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh-huh. you have to reach your full potential. He's an actor and an action star and a giant monster uh-huh. of a man and he seems to be incredibly personable. Um so, I mean, like, the, the fact that we can even say we're going to reach full potential, this person has never seen Star Trek, has never has never had an imagination, because <laughs> if you look four years down the road, are they going to say, God damn, you know what? Three years ago, we really hit our full potential. What are we doing here? Well, no, and this it's is this kind is... of
1: funny, because when you said in, you know, they're saying this is going to happen next year. I'm like this, next is year. like, this is like that movie Back to the Future, where they tried to predict what 1985 would look like. Yeah.
0: Hoverboards everywhere. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: All right. Uh, I'm willing to – well, actually, hang on.
1: Well, and I like this. I do number three. Learning and development will help reskill the workforce. I really liked how it says at the bottom 35% of L&D teams say they will increase their L&D budget. That's very exciting for me. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) It should be.
1: And the funny thing is where Adam and I work right now, we are seeing it. We are definitely seeing it. Um, And part of it is, you know, because the industry we work for moves very fast and goes very fast. Um, But a lot of it too is because of digitization and the technology we're moving towards. And so some of our growth is definitely based on because of where we're going with technology, in all honesty. And so our budget, honestly, for 2020 has grown because of that
0: i believe it no i believe it i mean and it, it makes sense that some people are investing now of course it says one third of teams are increasing their budget and that means that two-thirds of teams are not and and we've talked about um we've talked about the idea of reskilling and I, I like that idea i think it's a very noble idea and it's probably very appropriate but i think there's some challenges to what those skills are and you know kind of going to the idea of um robotics and ai and and you know me and adam got into this a few episodes ago about uh truck drivers and their jobs going away and that sort of stuff it's like so what are we reskilling to what are those jobs because not everybody's going to be able to learn to code not everybody's built for that i don't and think the truck
1: I- drivers will ever go away though
0: i i don't I, it's gonna take it's gonna take decades if they do. Well, like for all of them to go away, i'm I'm thinking decades. Well, I, and, I mean, I'm just a guy with a podcast and but.
1: and I can't remember when, and I can't say the article, but there there was an article I read several, uh, you know, not several years ago, but less than five years ago saying most of our transportation, most of our way we deliver things, et cetera, is still through trucks. Yeah. Not airplanes, not trains. It's still through those truck drivers. Like I it is to, uh, a large percentage, like a very, very large percentage. And um, that article was talking about how, you know, it's one of those jobs that is, a, and I want to say it was one of those jobs that said it was a good field to get into because of how much we still rely on that type of transportation to deliver goods.
0: Yeah, I used to work with a gal that her husband drove a truck, and mm-hmm. and the saying that he what had- his was, was <laughs> I, I don't know—but <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, his, uh, his 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 shtick, his saying was they deliver everything but babies, you know, because. Yeah. The, everything's got to get there somehow. You yeah. Know? And I it's going to take a long time. You know, something that, just real quick, something that never came up in that conversation uh, that I had with Adam, that's that's one of those things about, well, trucks, uh, you know, automated vehicles are going to take over the place. Uh, they're going to take over the place, maybe, where weather is perfect all the time. Yeah. They're n- th- like, we don't see a lot of them in Canada, for a good reason. <laughs> Nevada, maybe. Well, you know? and
1: with the traffic and things today, it's just like, what. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, there is a movie... Well, okay, no, I'm not going to talk about that uh, because we might lose our one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But there is this thing, um, you know, I think about it. One of the issues, you know, we have today is, you know, I don't think truck driving jobs will really ever go away for a really, 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 really long time. Yeah. It's the fact that will people be willing to take that kind of job? Uh, you know
0: uh... Well that's interesting because it's, it's funny We're at this place where I, I see A lot of folks online that are You know I gotta start my t-shirt company I gotta start start my uh Freaking uh, like uh, Signature scent Company a lot of people that are into some like Really strangely specific Shit um, and then and then there's All these people that are part of the gig economy so mm-hmm. I want to start my custom scent Business and I I'm a driver for Uber Eats. Like, that shit doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and it's just like,
1: and with how often people change jobs, um, you know, and then it's still, you know, I mean, back about 10, 15 years ago, you know, there was a study out that said that um, people change their careers at least three times during their life. And, you know, but it's also like. I mean, it's sad to say, but there's a lot of people who aren't willing to humble themselves to do labor jobs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because, you know, no matter what, it's like, I'm going to go work in a corporate office, blah, blah, blah. uh, Because they see a, a job like landscaping, you know, mowing lawns or things like that as beneath them.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot of people that, that are like that. And it's funny, there was this big push, um, when I, you know, at least when I was coming up, there was this big push that, that had like, like university. That was the thing. You had to go to university. And I was, I was all right with that. You know, I wasn't a terrible. Well, I wasn't a great student, but, um, you know, interesting enough, the first two, possibly three semesters I was in university, I was on academic probation. So <laughs> not the best grades. <laughs>
1: it was those social skills that you don't it have was, any of.
0: It was. My emotional intelligence was off the frigging charts. <laughs> but, um, but, but here we are. We're in a situation where trades pay obscene amounts of money. Mm-hmm. But there's still this stem, like, oh, shit, we got to like stem, 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 stem. And mm. what about the what about the electrician that's pulling down, you know, 90 to 100 grand a year? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody talks about that. Yeah. And it's, we need those just, people. It blows my mind. We, yeah.
1: we need those people. And and it's so funny because I I don't know what to call it, but it's like, I almost feel like eventually, like, the middle person jobs are going to go away. Yeah. Well, anything that people, and so you either repeatable. have to become really, really smart and strategic, you know, and yeah. know technology really well, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, or you need to be willing to, you know, go be, you know, a, a blue collar worker that yep. machines can't do.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. Well, so yeah, blue collar. I mean, the the automation. My understanding is it's going to come where there's uh, maybe uh, where it's a repetitive task or repetitive mm-hmm. analysis. Like those are the places that it's going to come into play. And I remember looking at a chart. Where was this? This was at the A A T D. The swizzle. <laughs> what we were calling swizzle. swizzle.
1: My fizzle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was it Swillis, was the Southwest Learning Summit, okay. but there was a, uh, Ernst & Young, there was a couple of gals from Ernst & Young mm-hmm. there that were doing a keynote and they were talking about the way that over the next, I don't know, five years, something like that, maybe 10 years, the way that the team uh, distribution mm-hmm. by, like distribution by department within an organization was going to change and L&D was one of the... Maybe there were three of 10 that increased and L&D was one of those because the thing that we do is we solve problems and we do it, it like there's, there's a creative element to this. You know, you can't just pull a thing off the shelf all the time and do this. Not everything scales for every solution. Some do, mm-hmm. but not all of them. Alright, uh, I'm done with this article, Gibbs Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Otherwise, I'm, I was done with no, it before we even started and my,
1: only thought, my only thought about what you just said Was mm-hmm. the hardest part For, like, right now Like, that's awesome That they expect L&D to grow exciting, mm. That's exciting um, But we're How do I put it? We aren't developing Our L&D people Enough to get there if that makes sense. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I would, I would, that's interesting, you know, because a lot of times um, I look at training and, and you know, if, if you were to fill out a standard in employee engagement survey, mm-hmm. there's usually a question that comes up about, do you feel you're getting the appropriate training for your role? And it's like, well, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I always take my development on my own shoulders because I've never mm-hmm. really been confident with. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being a pain in the ass, but I've always kind of wanted to go down my own, my own path versus have somebody else. Like a little bit of coaching would be nice or a little bit of uh, direction would be nice, but uh, they've ultimately been my skills to develop. And I've the one that's been responsible mm-hmm. for that. Um, and I feel like that's one of those things. It's like, who's HR for HR? Well, who's training for training? Nobody, nobody's HR for HR. The manager, the manager yeah. of HR. And nobody's you know, training it. for
1: training. And I mean, back yeah. in the day, you know, decades before you got into this and I was, you know, that was a very important part.
0: You know, much
1: how they have mortgage training companies out there right now, right? There were tons of actual learning and development companies that taught people how to be traders, taught people how to do instructional design. And they're still kind of out there. Honestly, they are. Um, But companies don't invest in that and while yes you need to be in charge of your own development yes you need to you know get on youtube or listen to podcasts and all those things um but you know and i i get that um but when you're already working 50 to 60 hours a week and you have a family and you have a life <laughs> outside mm-hmm. of just that it, it's hard mm-hmm. to find that time Yep, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: we get it. You're stressed out, Gibbs. We get it.
1: Well, no, and I'm just not talking about <laughs> me. I'm just talking about the way things run now. It, you know, it's like that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, it was more about career, right? It was more about yeah. going after and getting developed and, and moving up uh, the ladder. Nowadays, especially with that the younger generations in the workforce, it is about work-life balance. yeah you know t- 20 years ago when oh. i started in this business it was work there wasn't sure. work life balance it was you work
0: <laughs> well i'm i'm glad we're uh, i'm glad maybe we're at least getting away from the um you know that that excessive working long long hours. I've been fortunate where the roles that I've had in uh, in L and D, anyways. You know, I've had two in finance, and now I've got one in in real estate. They um, they've been very respectful of that, and there mm. there doesn't seem to be an overburdening of things. Because right, uh, you can
1: never worked for me, no king.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> you're probably right. I God, I do not know what that would have looked like, but uh, maybe there are some mysteries better left unsolved. <laughs> Um, all right. Hey, uh, let's let's jump to, uh, I don't even, I don't want to touch on that. How does one? Uh, do you want to jump down to the military one? Because sure. here's the thing. We've, there, there's been a couple, I don't want to, you know, I'm not bagging on here, but there's a couple weeks where you were gone and that was fine. <laughs> but we held on to this one article for so, two okay. bloody weeks. I want to get this thing out of the way. So,
1: you know, there were good reasons we, I was gone. I'm not seeing you know, it. I'm not, it doesn't even matter. I kind of had a really bad migraine. And then, you oh, know, boy. the kid kind of had banned. We were talking we about go. work-life balance.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. All right, so this this one is a uh, military training simulation mm-hmm. has soldiers sweating bullets, and I think that's a metaphor in uh, in Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what this article is about. And uh, since we saved it for you, please uh, please give me your thoughts on this.
1: Oh well, you know I well first of all I'm big on the military, so so anything mm-hmm. about that I get excited about, but um. It, you know, what it basically is, is there were these medical training people in the, uh, the reservists, right? And so what they did, she's an army medic, and what they did is they did an actual training simulation as if they were in the middle of a battle, Right, as if they were in the middle of a battle, and they were like having gunfire, and people were pretend getting hurt, etc. And so they had to like deal with the stress level of it, and you know, as if it was all really, really happening. And they said it really helped them learn how to deal with pressure. It really helped them learn how to deal with it in the moment, and the fact like it with the fact that it felt real. Um, really made it, it helped them really see where were they at, what did they do well, what did they not do well. Um, but like it's one of the most valuable trainings they get. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and, and not just military, I'm like a big fan of that because you, the, you know, it, you can do all these role plays and whatever and scenarios in the classroom, et cetera. But when you can give them good simulations, yeah. it's so, oh my gosh. And they're so fun to facilitate and so fun to debrief afterwards. Um, when I worked at HSBC, we actually built this great program. And I loved it because it was called the GREAT, G-R-E-A-T, Customer Service Program. And we actually did a whole simulation. Oh, wow. And the fun thing was it was a make-believe simulation. And it was probably one of the most popular activities we ever did. And not only was it fun for them, but it was fun for us. And what we did was we took them and we made them certain people. Uh, so we made them play parts, right? And we gave them like this long, page long handout of, of who the characters they were going to play. And what happened there was they all, so like maybe like six different families, families or couples or, you know, best friends won a trip to Hawaii, right? Okay. And each of them had a different scenario. You know, one of them had a broken leg. You know, and so this person was going to need very special accommodations with the hotel and getting to the airport and all these things. You know, another person needed to have a certain sized room. Another person, you know, wanted to do certain trips because they, uh, you know, certain tours on the thing. So they all had, you know, different needs and different wants. But the first thing they had to do was they had to go to this travel agency and book everything. And so what we did was we had managers come in and they had their own scenarios too, right? Uh, based on how they were going to treat each family that came to visit them to make their mm. travel arrangements. Mm-hmm. And and they played their parts. And it was incredible, you know, because you had the travel agent who was just super helpful and super happy, but very overwhelming because she was like all in your business, right? And then you had where you went to another desk to try and book something and the person was on their phone the whole time. And so basically we put them in those customer shoes and the whole debrief was like, how did this make you feel? And, and people were pissed, you know, (laughs) but it really got, and, and that's how we taught them about customer service. When you do these things, which are things we've seen you do on the floor, this is how your customers feel, and yep. it was so impactful. I mean, and it wasn't the exact simulation, right? But at the same time, it it really helped them see. It really was a self discovery, and yeah, this it, it, is sounds, the same it sounds thing. like a
0: combo of of a simulation with a, like an empathy exercise, you know?
1: Yeah, and it taught them about how you know how to put yourself in the customer's shoes you know and the other thing i love and i just i don't think and i think is incredible but we don't have time to do it right we because again we run so fast um not just in my industry but in lots of places is the whole teaching systems using simulations um on the system so they They learned a thing, and then the whole simulation is taking them through a scenario, and they are self-pacing it and doing the tasks of it. You know, um, so, you know, we teach them part of it, and then it's like, now it's your turn. So-and-so customer calls you and says, blah, blah, blah. What's the first thing you need to ask them? And then you type in what you're going to ask them. All right, the answer, Mr. Smith answers, blah, blah, blah where do you put this information in? And I I mean, we built some of those. We built like 12 simulations um, when we moved to a new system uh, back in the day. And that's how we taught 800 people how to use the system.
0: Yeah well i hey, and, and that sounds like so it sounds like the investment's worth it because it could scale up to eight hundred you know you can you can take advantage of that and and this the this article you know it's about the military medics and it, it doesn't scale, but you know it's worth the investment to make sure that they can do their job well and it's it's one of those things where it's the the closer you can get to the actual working conditions mm-hmm. that they're required to perform the task under the better you're able to evaluate whether or not they're going to be able to do it, you know?
1: Absolutely. It, it, and, yeah. and not that I don't, you know, there's all kinds of tests out there, et cetera. Like we were talking about, you know, your favorite test, you know, because we're getting too ready to do some hiring and we were talking about, oh, yeah. you know, those, those personality predictive tests mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. before the, we hire them as part of the hiring process. Um, and, you know, it's supposed to predict how people will act in this scenario. But honestly, again, people are emotional people. Yeah. People are human, and we don't really know how they're going to act until they're actually in that situation.
0: Yeah. You know what, I, and actually, if we could take a second, because I want to go back to something that we talked about last week, and there was an article that we discussed for all of our listeners that may not have listened last week, or hosts that may not have listened last week, Um we there was an article that we talked about that was about VR training for police officers mm-hmm. and uh had to do with uh, i think there was pieces of mental illness in there dealing with uh kind of erratic people that mm-hmm. they they had to work with and and so here our, the pitch was you know well if it's basically a flow chart um of uh, you know a, a branching scenario of should i do this or should i do that why can't they do and this i think was my exact pitch was, why can't they do that on like a 22-inch monitor? If they can do it with goggles on, they can just do it on a 22-inch monitor. But I suppose the virtual reality aspect allows them to at least simulate an environment that's similar to what they would have to perform the task in. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's an immersive example. Have you ever done any VR stuff? Like games?
1: Uh, My son has, but and I've done a little bit, but honestly, it makes me dizzy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it does have that effect on some people. I've only had... Uh, I was at a friend's house, uh-huh. and uh, he had a really nice setup, and there was a couple things that we played one of them was, I mean, it was a golf simulation. One mm-hmm. was, oh gosh, there, there was one, I think it was called Office Work or something like that, where you're no, basically that two- That sounds fun, not. Well, you're, you're, you're basically two disembodied hands, and you're <laughs> sitting in a cubicle, and it's like, staple the papers. And it's basically just so you can get your bearings and, and find out what's going on, and you're just you're smashing stuff. <laughs> it's It was kind of fun, because you could just grab stuff in your cube, like coffee cups and stuff, and just throw it over the cube wall and and hit people but there were no consequences (laughs) it was fun anyways and there was a different game that we played was basically a haunted carnival ride Mm -hmm. where you had these zombie clowns coming at you and you had to try to shoot them with your two guns i think i only knocked one thing down in his room while i was playing that one but um i was a pretty good shot and it's it's incredible how those uh, situations can be immersive god i can't believe i'm actually reversing a little bit anyways my <laughs> position on vr this is ridiculous but i don't know well Maybe and, that's... and
1: i think it all goes back um again to where a couple weeks ago we were talking about you need to be able to teach it to people in five different ways because mm, yeah. you know it, that whole virtual learning thing is not going to work for everyone
0: Well, especially if they have, like, an inner ear issue or they can't handle the the VR situation. Yeah, Yeah. or they
1: have no coordination, like me. Yeah, (laughs) right? It's like, I can barely walk correctly, and you want me to, you know, do virtual reality stuff. Um, Because the whole depth perception is completely different, too, Right.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of different, but it actually feels pretty, uh, you know, the experience that I had was pretty good. So, yeah. okay. uh, I don't know. I, I can't complain about it anyway. So, okay. Here, here's my point. If, if it helps in, in a very, uh, relatively inexpensive way, because you can use it for multiple, uh, officers, mm-hmm. um, if you can more effectively replicate the environment that they're supposed to be in when they're doing the thing, Maybe that's a perfectly good example of when you should use VR. I don't know. Uh, okay, whatever. Um, was there was there anything else in the? I mean, the article is is a is a useful article in, in so far as uh, it, it kind of hits that point home, and you know, it's again supporting military yeah. military and medics who you can't be down on. Medics, and it's using you
1: know? it in the right situations, you that's know, right. that's I'm right. not going yeah. to in human interaction kind of simulations. Uh, mm. Again, because the emotions are there, it's, it's hard to do. But if you're mm-hmm. training someone on systems and you're trying to teach them how to use the system in different scenarios,
0: sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So, let's um, – we're going to jump to uh, another article that is called Content Marketing. What Every Learning Practitioner Needs to Know.
1: There's like a lot of articles.
0: Well, so, yeah, there are. Okay. Maybe this will be the last one and then we'll, then we'll jump. Yeah. Because the other one seems complicated and very loosely related to training. So the other one, it's, it's a little bit more exciting. The other Mm -hmm. one is U.S. arrests. Ethereum developer, Ethereum, which is a cryptocurrency, for training North Koreans to evade sanctions. So, I don't know. It's interesting. But uh, maybe it's not super related to what we do on a regular basis. Uh, so, anyways, this, this content marketing one, I brought this up. And this is really just more of a – I'll throw it in for the show notes. One of the people that is is constantly sharing L&D articles, mm-hmm. um, he, I, he, he linked to this one. But um this is actually it's an article that consists of it's a collection of articles that are all along that line of where content marketing and instructional marketing blend. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a piece that, you know, me and Adam have talked about. You and I have talked about it a little bit, just as far as there's there's a lot of overlap in the disciplines. And mm-hmm. not only overlap in the disciplines, but they're the, the the con- the actual the the x's and y's i mean the plays that you're running they're very very similar with the content so there's actually overlap in in audiences and all sorts of stuff so there's a, there's a lot of similarities between the two and this is just one of those articles that touches on that basically Echoes that sentiment, or either I don't know if it's a chicken and egg thing. Maybe I'm echoing the sentiment that they stated, but um, and then there's some additional articles that are in there. So that's just something that I want to put out there, and in the show notes again, that's Mosby.ca/slash-zero-one-four. You can go there, uh, check out the article, which uh, which we'll link to. Unless was was there anything specifically you wanted to touch on in that article, Gibbs? No. Otherwise, I, I'm okay with that. No, I
1: All thought right. their I thought their visual was pretty
0: cool though. The, the yarn. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of yarn in that one. Yarn's a, yarn's a big deal. Okay. Um, so, we have... Did, did you pull that by chance? Did you pull that uh, smile yep, sheet up? I sure did. Okay. So, kind of, a, kind of a new segment here. And I want to just call this All You Need Are Smiles. All you need is smiles. And uh, because the smile sheet's definitely a thing that are in our world as, uh, you know, as L&D professionals here. And this was one that a listener had sent in, and uh, and it was for, uh, what was this, a Respect in the Workplace, uh, da, 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 yeah, Respect in the Workplace Evaluation. And um, so what- Wait, g- okay, g- so help
1: a, me. A listener well, sent it in of an example she gets, or on you, or on our show?
0: No, no, no. This is just somebody that sent it in to us. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, what's, so question one, if I can ask you to go through these, because I've read through this, but I wanted to kick it over to you. So so what's what's question one here?
1: Um well me... you got me... it up in front of you? No, I don't
0: have it for me. Okay, so I question
1: didn't one... It. I really question did
0: one read it for Wanda, is... right? Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. We'll still protect protect the uh the, the innocent here, but uh <laughs> was the training relevant to your needs? And this is a respect in the workforce uh workplace trainer. Says no. I am a very respectful woman, so Wanda was under the impression she might not have needed this as she's being respectful herself. So wait. Uh, okay. So
1: what was the basis of the class? Was it teaching diversity? I don't know.
0: Somebody sent this. Uh, somebody sent it Oh, what, uh, okay. I, okay. What, what do you want from me?
1: I don't know. I thought it was you training the class because it says no, your just name is a behind trainer. the microphone here. <laughs> wait, is this <sighs> your writing too?
0: <laughs> All right. We're canceling this segment This segment is officially canceled
1: This kind of looks like you're
0: writing It's not That is not my writing Are you serious?
1: With the hearts Okay. <laughs> okay, go on
0: I'm not sure I want to now Okay, uh, was the training
1: relevant to your needs? No, I'm a very respectful woman So obviously Either Well, in some of these answers I'm like, okay Is this just like a really sarcastic person or part of me is what i, I think you know it's so hard I, I, in, and personally i struggle with smiley sheets um hmm.
0: for, and you call them smiley sheets i didn't expect yeah, that
1: that old school term you know
0: oh I, I thought they were just called smile sheets <laughs>
1: no i smiley sheets um so i guess for what me what was that noise yeah it's my chair um wow <laughs> so you gotta look at it from two different ways right and and whether or not this person left their name it's like uh, i don't know sometimes i think it's good when i know who did it and sometimes i think it's not it's not good that i know it because you tend Mm -hmm. to get biases right Mm -hmm. but if you don't take away the biases then you can think if you knew this person then you're like well what are they meaning are they just being sarcastic or if this person said the training wasn't relevant to their needs. What did I do wrong as the trainer? Fair enough. But
0: that they weren't
1: they weren't very clear from the beginning of why we are holding this glass and why she was in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you can get a lot of different stuff in here, and if it's uh, anonymous, yeah, yeah, you're probably going to get a more genuine response, and and there's even, you know, there's there's breadcrumbs that really kind of mm-hmm. help you do find things, and, and here's, here, okay, so did the facilitator encourage class participation? The same three people always participated. That happens.
1: Yeah, and there's... her answers seem to be like she's just very, very sarcastic.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy, I remember uh, and when I was in uh, university, there was a guy that oh god i can't even remember the class specifically it was a business-based class though because i got a bachelor of commerce uh not to brag (laughs) um it's 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 the business equivalent of an english degree Mm -hmm. and the uh there was one guy in the class
1: academic probation
0: (laughs) that's right that's right i'm like what are the low-hanging fruit (laughs) courses and uh this guy's name was paul and he was constantly it just he he would there was an, not a question went by that he didn't put his hand up and at we have one some point, of those yeah well at one point the professor actually said does anybody have any questions mm-hmm. and then Paul was the only one to put his hand up and the professor said is there anybody besides Paul that has a question <laughs> yeah and uh, I don't think anybody jumped in Paul was the man on the uh, man in charge there
1: well and why not if Paul was going to ask the questions why did I even have to participate if I knew he was going to do
0: it every time. I guess. I guess. Well, so that was a good example of the professor trying to facilitate something, which we'll talk about in just a couple minutes uh, in the time that we do have left together today. All right, one more here. Which activity did you like the most? What did Wanda write there?
1: Harassment hopscotch.
0: Now, I've never heard of this. Have you heard of that?
1: No. It it almost sounds like it's... It's Respect in the Workplace or some kind of diversity or harassment workshop that she took.
0: The Respect in the Workplace ones that I've seen are usually um, I guess they're usually harassment based, yeah.
1: Yeah, because she says what materials provide were helpful, the, the one that tell me when I'm being harassed.
0: Hey, Smile. Yes. So yeah. it's
1: some kind well, of harassment. Positive I guess that, be work. useful. We used to call it positive workplace environment. Oh that's right. Nice. Yeah, that that's we used nice. to call it PWE training.
0: What if what if we renamed it to just don't be an asshole? Do you think do you think that'd yeah, be useful?
1: Probably, but you know. Mm. Not many not many people appreciate our vernacular.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Hey, if you don't, let me know. MosbyLearning at gmail.com. and Adam can check that uh, when he gets, <laughs> gets a sec. Let's uh, tell you what. Let, let's jump ahead because there was uh, there's one thing that I want to touch on before we get to the big thing, and that's uh, so so Your here poem? We're, gonna, we're no, I don't have a poem this week. Oh, loser! We take our week off. Yeah,
1: I missed it hey, the man. last two weeks. Come on.
0: Well, I'm not going to read them again. You'll have to actually listen to the podcast <laughs> to get those. Um, but okay, so can training fix it? This is this is this is something else. And this is an article. Okay, so the, the, I I saw and I heard a bunch about this idiot, and and not not Josh Brolin, although at this point he might be in that camp yeah, too. So out. this is an article is from. Thanos? Yeah, he is Thanos. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to destroy half our podcast. Turn to ashes. Um, okay, so here is the article's header, and this is from The Sun in the UK. <laughs> so you can make your own guesses here. Avengers, Josh Brolin's bum is left crazy burned after trying controversial perenium sunning wellness trend. Um, so perennium, I don't... Uh, Do you wanna? uh, You want to define perennium, or should I uh, define perennium? No, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. So it's. it's You all check it up, folks. (laughs) So tell you what. How about? How about I? uh, Well, it's okay. If I if I use the phrase taint, I don't think I'm gonna. (laughs) Because the cause it tantrum, the your ha, it's the bit in the middle that. <laughs> okay, so why is it, the question is, is this a training issue? So there's this idiot on Instagram who just found the best way to get herself one million followers. Uh, and it's basically to uh, take pictures of herself uh, naked, um, flashing her bits to the sun so that they get a tan. So this is, this is some dumbass on Instagram with 30,000 followers. Um... It's it's the it's the lowest hanging fruit I have ever seen in my life for so, just idiocy.
1: So let me ask you this two things. Mm.
0: This is a health trend, yes. but it's a wellness trend. I should so say. So,
1: when you have thirty thousand followers and you do something like that, is it? Mm. Do you think that's because people really believe in this woman and what she's saying, or is it because they just want to see what next dumbass thing she's gonna do?
0: Well, I think they just want to see a lot of skin, yeah. is what I would assume. I mean, that seems to be half of Instagram, and that's one of the reasons I was so hesitant to join Instagram is Which because they're all we ass models, basically.
1: her stupidity.
0: Well, pr- promote her wellness trends and, and all sorts of other stuff in there. Hey, so, so here's the thing. Here's, this, this is not this is not a wellness podcast, nor is it an Instagram podcast. It's a training podcast. So let me ask you this. Do we think that this situation is a training issue? Because here we have behavior that has resulted in uh, Josh Brolin getting a sunburned ass. Uh, there's Brolin. Uh, there's no D on his last what? name. Josh Brolin getting a sunburned ass. Um, for, doing, for 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 exposing part of his body to the sun That's probably never seen the sun Well, and, this is and like... he,
1: it goes back to here Where, you know, how does the article Did we talk about how does micro-learning increase knowledge retention?
0: No, we did not Okay,
1: so there's an article that we were supposed to talk about And I was reading it And then I read the perineum tanning thing mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because... Both, uh, you know, the article in How Does micro Increase Knowledge Retention, and while they say it does, one of the first things they said in the parag- in, in the very first paragraph is lots of companies are moving to micro-learning, not because they really understand what it's all about or the benefits it has for learners, but just because everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the next, and so it's like the latest trend, and it's the same thing with this perennium tanning, right?
0: <laughs> right? So are you likening microlain like, to perennium tanning? Well,
1: to the sense that people don't really know it or understand it or understand what the benefits are. But, hey, it's the latest trend, so let me do it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess I. So. That's what I Well, think. I, I think you're right. So, I don't know. Well, okay. So I think we Which have to... Which is scary. Which is scary
1: because... That's where our culture has gone to.
0: Well, we're all just of, looking for the next bridge to yeah, jump off of, yeah. You're thinking
1: of, you know, what is that, twerking? I still don't know what that is. You know, you think of things like that. Now, some trends are awesome, right? Like the ones that give to other people. Awesome. But
0: So just just so just so we're clear, you're saying that twerking is not an awesome trend?
1: Well, I only know what it is, honestly. Um, you know, eating Tide Pods. You know? Or, <laughs> you know? It was like, oh, this is the thing all the kids do now. Let's do it, you know. Um,
0: yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that's that's the that's three kinds of stupid. There's there's always somebody that's that's a that's a race to the bottom but, of the but barrel that's
1: here. Our, it, you know, it used to be the term of you know um, keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. um, and that was more of like trying to live the American way, trying to you know have a house. And you know Have a savings well, account I think it was Maybe family. buying a
0: Cadillac I think having a house yeah, Seems like but, a pretty Reasonable goal You
1: know what I mean So but now it's like Keeping up with the Kardashians Or yeah.
0: You know Yeah and, no fair and enough all yeah. those
1: dumb Things that people do Like what's the latest Trend on tanners, social media You know like uh, Was There was something Last week Um It was the stupidest Thing On Facebook It was like There was some cat, like, that everyone was, like, posting a picture of themselves with this cat.
0: Huh. Well, there was a cat that died a little while ago, Little Bub, I guess? I don't know
1: who it was, but I'm like, why are all these people posting pictures with this cat?
0: Okay. Like,
1: that is... Clip art. Oh well, clip art's old school, but you know I'm old school because you know Uh I'm 70 years old according to
0: you. Yeah, you're you're almost an octogenarian at this point. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) But you know it's like, oh my gosh, really?
0: Yeah, I don't know. People are just looking for something fun to do. So, okay, speaking of something fun to do, let's let's quickly decide. One, is this a problem? And then two, is this a training solution? So, is this a problem? Is this trend a problem of any sort? Do you see a problem with this?
1: With perennium tanning or the fact yeah. that people just follow trends without understanding?
0: Well, this, this week specifically, we're talking about perennium tanning.
1: Mm, proper training, sure. And more okay. research.
0: Okay. Sure. Um, Fixing
1: stupid, can't do.
0: So it's like an awareness. <laughs> it's an awareness issue. Yeah, um, maybe
1: train awareness.
0: but So you maybe, know. We do a, yeah, maybe we do like an email blast that mm-hmm. says don't. Um, like keep your pants on yeah, a little but, bit,
1: but like you said, you can't know. fix stupid, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true enough. All right. So potential training issue. All right. Happy to hear that. That's good. We could, uh, there's something that could be done to this. Maybe I'll work on a, a job bait of sorts and, uh, you know <laughs> what? Maybe I'll put that on Instagram.
1: <laughs> Are you going to have <laughs> graphics?
0: now i really really want to this could be a new feature of the show
1: oh Oh my gosh there's portland saying ding
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i'm sure they'll chime in now okay so that was um so i'm I'm glad we landed there because again these can go either way we don't know when we pick the topic we we don't know if it could or could not be a training issue this one i think i agree with you Gibbs, and, and it certainly could be uh okay so Let's just for a couple minutes now. Uh, we'll talk on on the the maybe the high level on facilitation, and we'll put our toe in those waters. You know, we've been talking a lot about virtual sessions of late, and that it's it it is only a small fraction of the whole world, the whole L and D scene that we're a part mm-hmm. of, and when it comes to. The live portion, whether that's virtual or whether that's uh, just an actual live and in person, uh, an I.L.T. if you will, facilitation can be a big part. and And maybe maybe we talk about when facilitation is appropriate. So l- let me ask you that: When do you think that the actual role of no, Let's. I want to walk it back one step. What is the difference between a trainer and a facilitator? If you think there is a difference at all, total difference okay so do you think that i don't know and tell me sadly, about it. Let's start tell think me about we it
1: use the. there's a lot of times when we use the words incorrectly which i believe causes more confusion okay. um and because sometimes we use it just like we use coaching and feedback interchangeably yet they're two very different
0: things oh okay yeah, yeah. i like that
1: um and trainer and facilitator date people flip back and forth well i facilitated you know a new hire uh, class on systems today no (laughs) you trained people on systems today um and so for me and how i was raised um again and going to professional training workshops and professional facilitation workshops um there's there's three things you you present You train, you facilitate. Three different things and three different uses, correct? Yeah. For presentation, you're providing information.
0: Yeah, it's like a one-way almost. You're providing
1: information. That's all a presentation is. Uh, Who does it? Executives, leaders, town halls, things like that, right? That's a presentation. And that's what PowerPoint was created for.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah.
1: Being a trainer, I see it as you are being transactional. You're teaching someone how to perform something. You are teaching them how to perform their job functions. It's transactional. It's helping them to perform their job. I like that. Um kind of thing. Facilitator, when you facilitate something, it's typically someone has experience or knowledge about something already so you don't necessarily have to train them on anything because maybe that already happened beforehand or they have the experience where they know about it and so when you fit fa- you are a facilitator you are allowing them you are doing self-discovery, experiential activities where they learn from doing that activity. You aren't really giving them any any information except here's how I want you to do the activity. Here's the instructions. Mm. Then they discover it as they're uh, doing the activity. Then what happens is a facilitator is very strong at guiding the debrief discussion, much like coaching you're not giving them the answer as a coach you're guiding them through questioning skills to discover even more and what the learning objective was from that activity they did
0: yeah that that uh, i i really like kind of way you described those three different things training versus uh, presentation versus facilitation and you know when i when i first started in in the biz it was in my mind, that it was, you know, sage on the stage, and then I learned, mm-hmm. okay, no, it's the guide on the side, um, and and that guide role really, when it comes to facilitation, that that's kind of what you're kind of Obi Wan Kenobi, you well, know, you're yeah. you're helping them figure it out, you're,
1: and and here's Mr. the thing, Miyagi. is all different skill sets.
0: Oh, yeah. All
1: very, yeah. And people don't get that, and it makes me crazy. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I mean, that's probably why Adam and I wanted to talk about it so much. Again, I think I have a very different perspective from him. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we think it's different, but, you know, w- where I get on my soapbox about it is a little different than where he is on his soapbox. But yeah. you, you, it's so different. Not all trainers can facilitate. Yeah. Not all presenters can train. Now, it's easier to transition from being a presenter and a trainer much closer than what a trainer and facilitator are. But you have people that can do both, Um, you know, and it takes a lot of practice to be a facilitator. Just like it takes a lot of practice to be a great coach. There's not a lot of great coaching managers out there. Um, People think they coach, but they don't. Uh, yeah. when you really sit down and look at it. Not a lot of great facilitators out there because it takes skill set, it takes practice, and it takes you getting a lot of coaching on how to do it. And on top of that, you got to shut up. you you, you got to give control. You have to still be in control, but give control over to them. Yeah. Um, and you got to be patient in those debriefs to allow them to get to the answer because it's not your job as a facilitator to just tell them.
0: One one of the things that I struggled with as I was – and I'm not a dynamite facilitator. I mean, I'm a pretty good trainer. Uh, I will say that the facilitation side of it, there's, um, that it, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing process for mm-hmm. me. I, I actually got a book a little while ago and there's some really good stuff in there. I think it's this something secrets of facilitation, uh, maybe 50 secrets of facilitation or something like that. And there's these tips and the guy walks through some stuff and it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I see what he's saying and, and it really kind of fits. Now he's talking about facilitating meetings and that sort of stuff. Um, uh, now versus, and that's a different
1: uh, type of facilitation.
0: That's right. That's right. right. But, so where where I kind of tied the two pieces together uh with with my up and comingness mm-hmm. was I had a hard time almost removing like mentally removing myself from the activity to an uh, to analyze what's going on because that's a big piece effort. of it. It really is, and that's that's my understanding, anyways. It's a big piece of facilitation is to understand what's you have to almost have like a, a removed like a third person view of what's happening all the time, where everybody mm-hmm. is, and and I still occupy too much of that second person view where I'm just looking out of my I guess it's first it person. It is.
1: But, you are yeah. constantly on, and it's a conscious. Effort because you really got to make sure you're asking the right questions and Mm. if a person answers it wrong how are you going to guide them with another question to get them where you want instead of just telling them the answer it's a conscious effort and and while training don't i love training don't get me wrong it's it's a it's a strong skill set you you have to have it takes a a certain kind of skill set to be a trainer uh but as a trainer it's it's it, it, it it's easy to become comfortable because once you know the information you're training, it's just like blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Um, facilitation. You are constantly on, you can't not be present as they're doing it. Um, and I think, you know, and, and going back to where you're saying, and that's why I think, you know, where I struggle with the words facilitation, um, and training, and but facilitation can have so many different meanings. From an L&D standpoint, a facilitator is what I described. From a meeting standpoint, a facilitator of meetings is a very different meaning. Mm-hmm. It's a very different meaning and a very different definition of what it means to do that.
0: Because So where would you draw the line between the two?
1: Well, as a facilitator of a meeting, you are basically almost like you're emceeing right? Okay. You are leading the meeting and sure you can have debrief questions and discussion questions, but you are basically leading the meeting.
0: Yeah. So my understanding of, of, of kind of based on what I'd read in the book and, and I'll have to refer to the, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes because it's upstairs on my shelf. I just can't run up and grab it right now because I'm, I'm in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the, the, the gist of the role was to, identify what we wanted to take out of the meeting and steer the ship so that everybody that's in the meeting were productive they took ownership over different uh different portions of it and everybody uh-huh. left the meeting with an understanding of what it is that they were supposed to do uh to move whatever project forward that that was kind of the gist yeah. of of what it looked like Again,
1: there Again, where's the from a training st- from an L&D standpoint it's about self discovery
0: mhm mhm Right. So is, have, have you experienced or have you taken part in any activities that you really thought hit home in a facilitation sort of uh, aspect?
1: Um, sure. I mean, all the time. I mean, especially, you know, so I, I, I see training as being very transactional. Right. Yep. yep. For me, facilitation is transformational. Mm. Uh, And the reason I say facilitation is transformational, again, because it's self-discovery. You're bringing out people's potential. You're bringing out things inside of them that a lot of times they didn't realize they knew. Mm. You know, and there's a lot of leadership classes and a lot of self-development classes out there that I facilitate that, that why are they transformational? Because they change people's lives you know, through the activities that you do with them and for them. Um, So I think of one and it was actually the funny thing. And there's a lot of activities there, but one of my favorite ones, which I, when I was a training manager, uh, we used to have this activity in my collections training and the majority. Now,
0: when you say collections, just for folks that aren't maybe in the, in the know. So
1: call center collections.
0: So, okay, so they're, they're calling people that have a, a, a debt outstanding. Mm-hmm. And okay. so
1: we used to have a three-week class. Well, most of it was training, right? And the majority of my people that trained my collections training were what was called entry-level trainers. So they were learning how to be trainers, right? They were learning how to stand correctly. They were learning how to, you know, mm. how to... Um, talk and present in front of people, how they train yep. systems, all that stuff. You know, doing the transactional part of teaching people how they do their job. Um, and there were usually subject matter experts from the floor who moved into my group and then I would work and develop and coach and develop them. Well, there was one facilitation activity in there. And what I would tend to do is I would spend more time with them doing that than the training stuff. Because again, it takes longer to get that skill set. And the activity was actually a negotiations activity. And basically, again, assimilation, uh, sort of, where it was called the Oogly Orange, and there was, you know, you had two groups, right? These two groups of scientists. And one group, you know, needed these oranges to save half of the world from some kind of disease, right? Okay. Another group needed the oranges because, you know, something else, like California was gonna fall into the ocean, right? <laughs> or something like that. I okay. can't remember what it was. But I used to love this activity because basically the instructions were, you're this group of scientists, you're this group of scientists, you're gonna get five minutes to read your story. And then, and you're gonna talk about you know, what your story is, and then when I com- we come back together, you have uh, someone who's going to be Dr. Roland, and you have someone who's going to be Dr. Jones representing your group. And Dr. Roland and Dr. Jones, you all need to negotiate who's going to get these oranges. And it can't be you split the oranges where one group gets 5,000 and the other gets 5,000 because you need all of the oranges. And so... You know, and so you hmm. let them do that. And most, I, I think of the 50 to 100 times I've trained it, maybe it worked out twice where they got the answer, right? The first time. So then you'd send them back and they're like, well, they won't give me it and they won't give me this. And, you know, because the negotiations not going to work. Um, and then when they come back, they try it again. Right. And you just let them go. And then after like two or three stints, then you stop them and we're like, and I'm, and you know, that's where the facilitation begins. So tell me what's going on. Well, they won't give us the oranges, blah, blah, blah. And they're very emotional, right? Because mm-hmm. it was assimilation and they're like, they're just being, you know, buttheads all this stuff. And you know, they don't care about the rest of the world. All they care about is California and and all these things. And through your questioning skills, it, what it came down to is, like, they didn't look at the details. Um, and so I'd be like, well, look at your, what is your, what does your thing say? And they're like, it says we need all the oranges. Really? And then they're, like, frustrated with me, right? Because they, they're mm. like, why should she keep asking me questions? And what it comes down to, all of a sudden they get this big aha because someone in the groups realizes we just need the skins of the oranges, and the other group looks and realizes all they need is the juice. Gotcha. And it's this big aha moment. Again, it's self-discovery. Uh, you just add, you give them the instructions. You let them go at it. And then your debrief is where they're like, wow. And then it's like, so what did you learn from this? You know, A, we need to keep our emotions out. B, we need to look at the details. Right? Yeah, (laughs) I understand the the situation. And the things we were arguing about wasn't even a factor. Interesting. You know, and and that's (laughs) where they, they, and you do that all through questioning skills. I don't have to tell them anything. It's all based on questioning. Now, so that was like one of the first things I used to always let my brand new trainers after a while start doing. But usually I would go in there, demonstrate it several times, again, because it's a very different skill set.
0: Yeah. So, uh, how long have you been kind of working at your facilitation skill set?
1: 1997.
0: 99. So, it's been a while. It's been 20 years you've been playing that game. Well, um, okay. So,
1: no. I've been training since 1997. Um,
0: I hear those are different things. Probably
1: facilitation, working at true facilitation, probably since about 2002. 2002,
0: 2003. Huh. And it takes, so it takes a while to get good at it, right? So what was, what was something that as you were getting warmed up with facilitation that kind of helped you get there or was it just a grind? Was it just a grind?
1: Um, It's always a grind, right? But why is it a grind? Again, you got to have the humility to have a strong mentor um, and to be willing to take their feedback. Um, yeah. And I was very fortunate in the fact that Household HSBC felt that our learning and development was very important. So I actually went to and a professional workshop that taught, uh, well, we went to, there was one workshop that we brought in house from an outside learning consultant, who we had two and a half days of teaching us the difference between presentation training and facilitation. And we Ah. had to demonstrate both. But then I also went to outside classes out there that were very specific here's how to be a trainer workshop for two or three days and then a whole other workshop was here's how to be a facilitator um but then i come back and my boss made sure i applied it and made sure it happened um and so there was a lot of coaching a lot of feedback a lot of tears i'll I'll be honest with you a lot of tears on my part a Mm. lot of me stomping out of her office um because you know it was it was tough to hear, but I am who I am because she did that to me and because I was right. open to it.
0: She facilitated you right into your success.
1: Well she coached me. Yeah
0: she T- coached tomato me. tomato yeah I've heard it both ways <laughs> <She coached laughs> me
1: into it I mean and she and she helped me accountable um, and um, and that's why. Um, and you don't see that a lot anymore. Which, no, which makes me sad Because it, it makes me sad For the L&D world
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen If you want to hold us accountable uh, Send an email to mosbylearning At gmail.com You can reach us in a number of places as well socially guys we are all over the social media these days uh we have mosby Lear- well at mosby learning that's our twitter handle that's the official show <laughs> wait, Twitter you know, handle. how many
1: places are we now i'm like is it always we are,
0: <laughs> well if you take each of us and each of our one things i think we're ch- 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 one two three four five including you on linkedin six mm-hmm. so uh wait Yeah, I think that's about it. Because, you know, Adam's on LinkedIn. Uh, You're on, well, where are you on LinkedIn? What's what's your name? How would you spell it if I was looking for you?
1: It's the same, Cynthia Gibbs, G-I-B-B-S.
0: G-I-B-B-S yeah. uh, So Cynthia Gibbs um, And you'll find her on LinkedIn You'll find me on LinkedIn as well H-I-R-T That's the German spelling You'll find me on Instagram Which as I mentioned a little while ago That's Dan Talks Training On Instagram At Dan Talks Training And then Twitter is Dan Talks And is in Nancy L-N-D Dan Talks L-N-D on Twitter If you uh, want to follow me there And you know I'm sure there's lots of good reasons. I'm going to try to put out a uh, maybe a job aid next week about how to keep your taint from getting sunburned and uh, <laughs> so scared. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, show notes. Okay, so here's the thing. He show notes a Ken for this. They'll <laughs> <laughs> probably just be simple sketches. We don't need oh, to no. <laughs> get too graphic here. Um, and I don't have any Kendalls mosby.ca slash yeah, <laughs> 014 if you're looking oh, wait, for links hero. for this <laughs> if you're Canadian looking for uh, if you're looking god damn it Gibbs <laughs> I'm trying to do the show close <laughs> <laughs> um if uh, I don't even know what I was saying now anyways that's all our social stuff oh show notes links for all the articles that we touched on uh, links for I'll put a link for the book as well the uh, facilitators book which and I know maybe that's meetings not not you know uh, workshops but it was still uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Um what else? Music! Of course the music. You've heard a few different things in here. Well, one of them was from Arrested Development. And the uh everything else is gonna be from uh from Incompetech.com, and that's uh, Kevin McLeod putting those things together. So thank you to thank him. Thank you, Kevin McLeod. Yes, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> he gets a lot of love on this show, even though he's never listened or heard of it. And uh and then just yeah, one more one more kind of a research appreciation note to one of our producers out there, Ty Roberts. So that's uh ladies and gentlemen, that is it for us. And we'll talk to you next week. Adios. Yeah, I used to work with a gal that her husband drove a truck.
1: That's exciting.
0: Wow. G.I. Joe.